Hello, everyone, and welcome to Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Good morning, Paul. How are you? Very good, very good. Doing fantastic. Um, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Uh, today's topic that we're going to discuss is kids and money and really teaching your kids on how to handle money and about money and all things related to money. Um, my current situation, I have my two kids, a uh, boy and a girl, two very different financial habits, uh, very different financial personalities. Uh, my older boy, he tends to save most of his money, where my daughter uh, tends to spend most of her money. Um, I think uh, one of the things I fault myself for is I'm too soft when it comes to money and kids. Um, I tell my kids not to worry about money at this point. I'll let them know if there's ever an issue. I'll, I'll let them know. Um, what What is your position, uh, Jody, in terms of uh, money and kids, and, and how do you handle it with your kids? Um, well, it's interesting. I think you and I take a, a, a completely different approach. We've um, and I'm not sure if this is on purpose or by accident or a little bit of both, um, but we're very we're very frank and direct with them when it comes to the money. And I think that came came out of we we have two kids. So they're ten and seven years old, um, and so when when you have kids that are that young and even younger, they want everything they see, and there's never enough money to buy everything in the world uh, that they want. Nor would you want to. You'd never want to buy every stuffed animal, even though my daughter is testing that paradigm. <laughs> um, but you know, you never want to buy everything you can see, and there's never enough money to buy everything you can see, and so born out of that conversation trying to shut down that emotion of I want that and I want that and I want that we would have very direct conversations with them about money and and how to spend or to not spend the money that at the time we had um, and that's grown over time into ways that we've uh, encouraged them to save the money that they get you know, from birthdays and things like that, or save money that they earn, you know, little chores around the house and things like that. Um, but also having very frank discussions about, okay, you want this thing, this thing costs that much money. Um, we don't have the money to spend this week on that thing, but if you'd like, and that thing is important enough to you, we can work on saving the money to buy that thing in however many weeks. And that, that sort of, it backs up what I always talk about being intentional with your money and sort of I'm trying to teach them and my wife and I are trying to teach them that you you can't just impulse buy everything you see um, that um, that's not the way budgets work that's not the way money works you've got to be intentional with your money on deciding okay that thing is really important to me I want to get that thing I got to figure out how to save for that thing I save for that thing great I go out and I buy that thing and I have the satisfaction of buying that thing and knowing that I accomplished that. Um, that's, that's the approach that we're taking with them with money. Even, you know, something as simple as a $3, are there $3 toys anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't but think you so. Get what, you, you get what I mean. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I probably should take a, a page from your teachings, right? And the way you handle money with your kids. I, I'm not sure if the reason why I'm a little soft on money is because of my upbringing. Um, 
I started working throwing papers at like 12 years old, right? The local paper, delivering it for about 50 bucks a week, 55 bucks a week. And I would put consistently didn't, didn't in the we bank. we all, right? We all absolutely, absolutely. And then after that, from age 14 onward, I don't think I've ever stopped working, whether it was in uh, the amusement park that I worked in or going into corporate um, and then from career to career and, and going from place to place. I, I haven't had a break in the action, so I've always worked. And I think that going and working throughout college and paying for college myself and having to work through college while uh, going to college and the same thing in high school, you know, handling high school with after school jobs and stuff. I guess for me, I wanted to give my kids, quote unquote, a better life, right? The opportunity that if my son prefers to go to summer camp, sleepaway summer camp for computers or golf, rather than working at age 14 or 15, I'd rather have him do that. Right. But one of my fears is that some of these life lessons that you've been teaching your kids, maybe I'm not instilling hard enough with my kids. Right. So, you know, is it necessary for my daughter and son to have a school, you know, a job after school in high school um, or during the summer um, as opposed to focusing on grades and after school activities? I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what your uh, stance is on that, Jody. As your kids get older, what do you think in terms of kids working and earning money with a regular job that, you know, that is working in conjunction with school or after school or summers? What is your, what is your viewpoint on that? Well, I mean, a big disclaimer on everything that I say is this is what works for me. This is not necessarily what should be for everybody, what will work for everybody, what will work for your family, Paul, uh, or anybody else. This is the way we've approached it. And, And that's the whole intent of our, of our podcast here is just to share what we do And then for the people who listen to, you know, take whatever nuggets they want from whatever we share. Um, We've split when I talk about, you know, frank conversations with money, I'm really drilling down on sort of the stuff of life. Right. Whether it's that, like I said, the stuffed animal, the toy, video game, the whatever the thing is, the the consumer thing is. Um, We take a different approach to things like school. Obviously, we we pay for whatever is related to school. Um, they went to some summer day camps this summer, you know, we took care of that. That was not, you know, their job to pay for, obviously. Um, they don't, they're too young to have, you know, summer jobs like the, the paper route. And I think the grownups have the paper routes now, but, um, that's true. No, I don't, I don't see any kids delivering papers. Uh, it's just a grownup thing now. Um, but you know, they don't, they don't have any jobs like that yet. They'll get their, you know. My son is 10. He'll get there in a few years and then he'll have to make that decision. Um, But I have the feeling that what we're going to do is um, we're definitely going to encourage them to work. Absolutely. And I think that the earlier you encourage kids to understand um, the way you get money is you work. You know, you don't stand there with your hand out waiting for grandma to give you five dollars or whatever that is. Um, The better off your kids will be, the better off you will position them for success in life. Um, and, and again, going back to that discussion about, okay, you want that thing, you've got to figure out how to get that thing. We got, you got to save money or you've got to go out and earn money. Um, just that lesson of teaching them that money doesn't, <laughs> I almost said that I'm going to say it. Money doesn't grow on trees, right. it, but it literally, <laughs> but it, but it doesn't, right. It just, you don't go out in the backyard and dig up a treasure chest. You got to work. You got to work. You got to earn money. You got to save up that money, depending on how big the thing is you want to buy. And then you got to go buy it. Um, because half the time in that journey of saving up that money, kids change their mind and they go, you know, I don't need that thing anymore. And even that pause, um, 
I think is beneficial to them learning how to spend money and, and the level of importance that they put on the things that they desire. Um, you know, we, we, we do simple chores around the house right now. They take out the garbage, you know, three in the recycling, you know, a couple times a week. Um, you know, we've, we've, uh, with, with the advent of online marketplaces, you know, we sell things we don't need anymore. They look at a toy that they've played with. that's still in decent shape that somebody may want and, oh, you know, sell it online for $5. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I remember a, a time where we had one of these ride in motorized cars that my son had when he was like, I don't know, three or four, maybe he was about five years old. Um, but he, he never rode it, and it frankly never got the traction on the grass it needed to get to even make it any fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of these cars that you, it was gifted to him, and it's one of these things you see in a toy store for like, you know, three $400. Um, and I said, okay, you don't use it anymore, but you want that Lego set. Why don't we try to sell this thing online, and I'll help you. Whatever you make, you can take, and you can, you can keep it. We ended up selling the car online for, I think it was like 50 or 60 or $75, something like that. It was you know, far reduced. But that's my attitude about selling stuff online. Sell it cheap enough that it just goes in a day. Um, and I remember allowing him to you know, complete the transaction in the driveway with the guy who came to buy it for his son. And my son gets handed the money. We put the car in the guy's car. And... My son comes screaming up the driveway, I made $75 and <laughs> he's holding great. it over his head. You know, th- to me, that that had the impact that I wanted it to have. Um, and he went out and he bought that Lego set that he wanted. Um, you know, and then you fast forward to just two weeks ago where um, he's now really into guitars. He takes guitar lessons and he plays in a band and, and he really wanted to buy a new guitar. And... Um, it was a, it was a bit more money than, um, you know, it was a bunch of money and I said, okay, look, may I'll go halves with you because it was a guitar that I would play too. Right. So I said, okay, I'll go halves and we'll share the guitar. Um, he saved up enough money and we went halves and he bought, he made a significant investment in this guitar. Um, I don't think that would have happened if we hadn't started at selling that car at $75 online five years ago. Um, and so I, I feel like he has got, and my daughter has, is on the road to getting a really good sense of the value of money, the relative value of the stuff that they want. Um, and, and it's, and it's worked for them. Yeah, that, I mean, that's all very interesting stuff, right? And that's why I think for me, uh, one of the things that comes to my mind, and when you were talking about your son with the selling the car for $75 and, and doing these bits and pieces of being very proud of, of what he's accomplished, um, I had a similar parallel when I was a kid, right? When I bought my first car at 16, I paid my own insurance, bought my own car, needed some work, I paid for the work to get done, and I remember driving it down the street for the first time back home and that feeling that you have because it was all mine. I guess in theory, my parents could have taken the keys away from me, but legally, um, I own the car and I own the insurance on the car and I put my own gas in the car and all these different pieces. So to me at the time, I owned every piece of the car and I liked the fact that I paid for it out of my own pocket, right? Which I think was um, very fulfilling for me. I've had my son come to me a few times um, to sell things online, um, and and we quite haven't made that jump into doing that yet. Maybe it's simply because 
um, the time it takes to to put the stuff on eBay or put it on Craigslist. Um, and, and maybe that's something we'll have to attack in the future is to see how we could thin out some of these pieces to get some money into their pockets. Um, one of the things you talked about was the guitar, right? And I was talking to a colleague at work and uh, with his kids, he has a money matching program, right? So if the kids wants a big ticket item, and his kids are older than ours, I think they're uh, 16 and 18. So he's gone through quite a bit of this already. Um, but he matches money for big ticket items, right? If it's a video game console or a car, um, he'll work out a deal with his kids to say, listen, you put up X amount of dollars, I'll put up X amount of dollars, and, and for, I'll match you dollar for dollar, right? Or two to one dollar matching, um, which I thought was a very interesting concept, right? Because you both have skin in the game. And I guess you sort of did that with the guitar purchase, right? Right, Jody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I, partially because it's it's something that I am actually going to use, too. And I think if it was something like a video game console, it would be the same same boat. But I think the whole idea is, too, and this is psychological and sort of thinking about it after the fact, um, reducing the cost of whatever that item is, you know, and cutting it in half like that immediately makes them go, oh, I don't have to go that whole way. I only have to get half the way. I can do that and sort of giving them gas in the tank to say, yeah, this is achievable, as opposed to them looking at the full price of the item and going, I'm never going to get there. Forget it. I won't bother. Um, sort of simultaneously inspiring them and teaching them um, what things cost is, is sort of my intent. And again, that's the way I approach it. That's the way my wife and I approach it. Not for everybody. Maybe other people do it different ways. Um, you know, but I think in hindsight, the whole the, the, the success is that, you know, walking through the toy section in the store has stopped being I want that and I want that and I want that. And it's turned it into a conversation about, Dad, how much does that thing cost? Oh, OK, let's see. I have this much. Do I? And then they start you, you start to see them think. And do I have enough money to buy that thing? Do I really want to spend my money on that thing? I mean, I've had times where they've been standing there or we've gone to the store to say i want to get that thing and we get to that thing and they're standing there and they're looking at it they go and then they look at the price and they look at the money that they have in their little wallet or whatever they go ah, i don't need that thing like literally they've done it themselves hmm. to me that's huge success yeah and that's very valuable um, and that's what that's what we're going for oh that's great that's great i'm going to switch the topic a little bit and kind of ease over to the side of making money right so we've talked about saving it and spending it and, 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 and making money in terms of selling off some of the gear and, 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 and saving money from, from family and birthdays and such. But in terms of making money, right? So I, I have a same colleague that was telling me about the money matching. What he would do with his kids when they were younger is these try to teach them these basic business concepts. So just kind of the lemonade stand, right? So he would front the $20 or $25 of the expense to buy the lemonade and get the cups and all those pieces and make signs. And then he would have them run the stand, the kids would run the stand, but they would have to pay back their piece, right? And the kids keep the profits, right? Um, in terms of- Brilliant, that's how life works. Right. That's exactly how life works. Yep, and, and I think that in terms of uh, teaching kids about how to make money, um, that is a, that was an ingenious way to do it. My daughter keeps take, talking about uh, making a slime store um, and doing it online. So that's one of the things that we've talked about. Once again, we haven't made it over the threshold to get that done, but it was a very interesting experience. She keeps a little notebook of all the different things that she might need 
um, to, to to create that slime store with her and her friend. And, should we should we just jump in there and copyright slime store right now because there are people <laughs> listening to this who are going to run out with their kids and create a slime store? No, no, no. If you go on Etsy, it's a it's a worldwide phenomenon, and that's probably for another podcast. But uh, no joke, no joke. Five minutes ago, while you were talking, my my daughter walked out here in the garage where I record this with this giant ball of slime over her hand. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have it all over the house. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and then I also had a, we have another mutual friend of ours, Jody, that he had his oldest kid read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I thought was interesting. I would have thought that would have been for an older kid, but the kid's 12 and he gave him that book to read, which once again goes back to uh, there's no right or wrong answer to any of these pieces. But he had felt that that book had a lot of good lessons to be learned, and, and he gave it to his uh, son and said, hey, I need you to read this, right? And his kid read it. So I think there's different approaches. Um, one of our mutual financial gurus that we follow, right, is Dave Ramsey, and his teachings are really come down to spend, save, donate, and then no allowance but commission for chores. Um, how do you handle the, those pieces in terms of, we've talked about spend, we talked about saving, what about donate, whether it's time or donate money? What's your stance on that? What have you done with your kids to kind of um, work through that that detail about donating the money so you don't keep it all, you, you, you give some of it away, and including maybe giving some of your time away? Yeah, well, if, if you have a child that's in school, you know how frequently pieces of paper come home that says, we're running a fill-in-the-blank drive, send in $5, or you know we're mm-hmm. collecting... Uh, you know, the little box that you put quarters in or whatever, you know, and there's money, just money just flies out of the house, uh, headed for school for the, you know, various charities, um, which, but don't get me wrong is a great thing. Charity is wonderful. Um, but you know, you can go broke given a charity. Um, and so what we've tried to do is teach them in terms of donating money that when you're giving money to a source, make sure you understand what the source is using it on and try, if you can, um, to keep that money as local as possible. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the concept of if everybody gave $5, we wouldn't need charity anymore. Um, just the concept of scale, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and you don't, you don't need one, $1 million donations. You need $1 million, $1 donations. Um, and everybody can give a dollar, even people who are worse off and give a dollar. Um, but, um, helping them understand that that money doesn't just fly off into nowhere, that it needs to go somewhere. And so where is your money having impact? Uh, and, and, and trying to help them find places to give where they can see the demonstration of that impact, I think is, is really important. Um, you know, I don't think we've gotten there in, you know, in any intentional way. I think it's a very ad hoc conversation because these these conversations come up, you know, on their own all the time. But I, I think you just got to help them understand that, you know, charity is an important thing, um, that that giving to people who are worse off than you is an important thing. Um, and then making sure that they see the demonstration of that impact. Yeah, I think that's key, right? Because our family, we donate to a particular charity, and and I brought my son, and hopefully soon my daughter to 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 do work with that organization, right? To see firsthand where the money's going, how it's used, what it's all about. Um, so I thought that that was an important uh, lesson. So that ties into what you were talking about: is if if you're donating money, 
understanding that where it's going, right, and how it's being used. I think that's important. And and teaching your kids that uh, when you make money, that a certain amount should go to donations, right? Um, so you can spend, you should be saving, but there should be a certain amount that should be going uh, to charity. Uh, and I think that's that's a good way to approach life. Um, I'll it, say this too, I'll jump in too. It, it, similar to charity, um, in teaching our kids how to effectively use money, I've seen incidents, and again, these are spontaneous. I take no credit for these other than hopefully instilling a sense of, of money and kindness in them. Um, you know, I've seen one of our kids say, oh, I'm short buying this thing by a dollar or three dollars or five dollars. And the other one jump right in and go, here, I'll give you mine. I mean, it's this, this that sense of I can die now. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's amazing to see that bubble up in them um, seemingly on its own. But I'm going to take just a little bit of credit for it. And maybe it's more my wife's credit. No, no, I think that that's positive. I've, I've seen that happen once or twice um, in my household. And, uh, and and it is touching when you do see that. Right. I think that's 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 something that um, I think is, is is influenced. Right. I think it's the environment you bring the kids up in. It's it's our teachings and leading by example. Right. So I think that's key. So, you know, when I talk to my son about money, whether it's related to career or talking about family finances, I don't go too deep. But I think also leading by example is key. So showing how we spend money, how we're not wasteful with money. And I see it trickle down to a degree to my kids. Um, so when I go back to the original beginning of the podcast where I say I'm soft on money or I think I'm too soft on money, I don't think I have any strong evidence of my kids being wasteful with money. Um, they don't ask to go to the high-end stores. They don't ask for $300 shoes, um, which, which, believe me, some of my kids' friends, that's what they're asking for. They're asking for the latest sneakers, which could be $175. And and my kids don't seem to have their eyeballs on that. And I think that comes down to environment. And that might be because me and my wife don't have fancy – we don't shop in the fancy stores and we don't have the fancy clothes, right? So I think some of this is led by example. And, and I think my wife does a great job, probably much better than me, in, in dropping the hammer down in terms of – you know, putting limits on what the kids can buy, um, especially when it comes to grocery store shopping. That's another funny one because when I go to the grocery store with my daughter, the bill is inevitably much higher than if my wife goes with my daughter um, because my wife will know how to put the brakes on my daughter in terms of loading the cart. Where I am officially not allowed to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a non-starter because one, I will only come home with ice cream and cheese and two, it will cost three times as much as if my wife goes and shops. So I'm out. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm the one who does a lot of the shopping in the house. Um, but but I do notice that when my daughter does go with my wife, it, it is much cheaper. And my wife is much more, more reasonable as well. And I think it comes back down to environment. Um, you know, I, I go to a dry cleaner uh, up in Connecticut. And uh, I was talking to the dry cleaner. Well, I'm friends with everybody, right? So I'm friends with my dry cleaner. Very nice guy. Uh, big shout out to Steve. And uh, we were talking one day, and he said he was walking up uh, the street, and he overheard a young lady, maybe 15 years old, talking on the phone with her mom. 
And she said, but he heard something very distinct. She said, but mom, the purse is only $600. And I thought that was very telling. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. 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 So I, it is amazing. Is, depending on what, well, But I, maybe to that family, $600, once again, not is a big deal, right? not, not a big, a big deal. deal. But, but, there, but there it is. And, and something you, when you were talking there, it made me think of something too. Uh, you know, like I said, my son is 10 years old. Your son's a little older than that. But they're in that middle school. He's about to go to middle school. Your son is going is into 10th in grade. 10th grade. 10th grade. Okay. So they're at that age where they're heavily influenced by the consumer choices of their friends. And even now at 10 years old, you know, we've been involved in the, you know, the right brand of sneakers for about a, a school year now. Right. And people get made fun of if they have the wrong brand of schools of sneakers. Um, so you're, so the, or I feel like the earlier, and, and we've pushed back on that and he understands that. And it's like, you know, sneakers are sneakers and whatever. We, you, we still don't send them to school with like, you know, they're not $600 sneakers, but they're not, you know, the $10 sneakers that I prefer to buy. Um, but the, the, meant to put them in an area of comfort. But the point being is that the earlier you teach your kids about, the relative value of money, what money means, what money gets you, and what smart money purchases are, I think the better they'll be positioned when they get to the point where the peer pressure kicks in and all the consumer hysteria kicks in um, and, and they're and they're you know there they're asking mom for a six hundred dollar bag, which you know for mom may not be a big deal, but for you and me it would be like, are you crazy? Yes, yes, I, I think for me. Six hundred dollars is is more of a principal thing, right? I think that that's the kind of luxury that, in my opinion, someone should earn if they want to spend, if they choose to spend six hundred dollars on a bag. But that's probably for a whole other different podcast, right? So, um, but I think we had a really good dialogue today in terms of um, the different takes on how how we handle uh, money and kids and kids and money, right? So, for a summary recap, I mean, the one thing that I took away is really. Leading by example and trying to show your kids how to handle money the way you handle money. But I'm going to let you maybe throw a couple of more recap bullets in this week, uh, Jody, uh, given the fact that I think you ha- you might have a uh, definitely have a better handle on it, in my own opinion, than I do on my own. So I want to hear your lessons learned and summary recap, and I'm going to take some of those things away for myself. So I'll let you uh, have the mic. No, well, I, Paul, I think, you know, I, I, based on what you've said here, it sounds like you're doing a great job too. And, and like we said at the top, you know, it's different for everybody and you've just got to find the way that it works for you and your family. Um, but I think uh, building on what you just said, your kids are going to act the way you act, whether it's with, you know, personal relationships, whether it's with work, whether it's with money, um, kids are going to mimic your behavior. So the faster you get on top of that, the better, the sooner and the better you're going to position them for success in life. Um, you know, I, I think frank conversations with kids about money and the value of money is really, really important. Um, helping them get from I want that to deciding about whether or not the money I've earned is worth that. I think that's a very long road. It does not happen you know, in a week or a month or a year, it happens over time. And so the sooner you get on top of that, I think the better off you are. Um, and it's just like anything else, you know, our job as parents is to give the kid, give our kids the skills that they need to get through life. And this is one of the key skills that 
frankly, is not taught in school. It's, and, and so we got to do it at home. And I think it's our job to do it at home, to, to make sure that they are best positioned to understand the value of money, what spending money gets them, and how they can smartly use their money and being intentional with their money. Jody, I think you put it very well, and, and I appreciate that recap. So thank you. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Uh, thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank you.